Here we are, Jen. Thumbs up. Thumbs are coming in. I can see them. How are you today? I'm good. How are you doing? I am doing awesome. And the long weekend was amazing. We finally had awesome weather. So we sat outside. It's so funny. So we had, you know, obviously nobody, no towns or local towns or what have you hosted any fireworks over the weekend. Yeah. I, I'm going to, I'm going to wager that there were more personal fireworks ceremonies than I've ever experienced in my life. I don't know about you. Every night, I think from, from Thursday night straight through to last night, there was fireworks every single night. Um, yeah. So yeah, I would safely say that I think, yeah, people were getting their hands on them for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and our guests may, might be able to relate to this. I'm not sure, but my dog is still shaking from them. Still shaking. He can't stand them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say there was a, a lot online about that. People complaining about their animals being scared from the from the noise, right? Oh well. Oh well. Little love, I guess. Okay, let's roll the intro and then we'll get right to our uh, our guest today. Do it. Okay, very good, Jen. And yes, uh, Mar Mary Fernell saying, yeah, I feel sorry for the dogs and wildlife uh, during the fireworks. It, my, my, seriously, my dog was shaking the entire bed. But anyways, <laughs> we won't have fireworks yeah. for at least a few more months now, at least. So we have an amazing guest. One month. Uh, one month. That's right. We hear, we hear the, <laughs> the, the, the secret voice in the background. One month. Yeah. Uh, we invited uh, Michael Tuff to come on. I'm going to bring him on right away. And um, Michael has been a, a, a close friend of ours at KW, a close friend of mine for the last five or six years since I've been, uh, what am I talking about? Eight years since I've been with KW. And uh, what I love about Michael is he loves to think outside the box. He's always looking at ways to help his clients. And if you were to Google his name, I think just slightly more than just a little bit real estate would show up, but don't Google his name. He's saying, no, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. Michael Tuff, how are you today? I should have told you those, those, those old films that I did are taboo. They're not part of our discussion. Are taboo. Okay. So we'll just go back and we'll edit that out of the live stream. Michael had nothing to yeah, do with no the problem. film industry for years. No. Well, and, and to your comment about the fireworks, I mean, my, our dog uh, literally was cowering behind my wife since uh, Thursday evening. Uh, pretty much mm -hmm. all uh, every night uh, from five or six o'clock onward. Um, it, it, he unfortunately has a bad experience in that when our house was hit by lightning, Ooh, that kaboom yeah. terrified him as a puppy. So anytime he hears anything loud, he looks up to the ceiling to see what's about to fall on him, and then he ducks and hides. Oh no! <laughs> shoot! Shoot! Aww. Yeah, it took us. Well, you know, you get through the summer of the different fireworks celebrations, and then our dog would not go for a walk past six o'clock at night. And it just took us until last week where he'd come out with us. So now we get to start that process all over again. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. well. Oh, well. The life well, of a dog uh, owner. Unfortunately, Innisville is fireworks virtually every day all summer long. So, Well, there you go. There you go. It's it, that party it, town you live in. <laughs> well. Yeah, who we, knew? We won't Dude. go there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. My, ne my next door neighbor, Wayne, is a partier. I've heard um, that. 
I've heard that. I've heard yeah. I've heard good and bad things about your next door neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing but good. Nothing. That's but right. Good. That's yeah. right. Okay. So task at hand uh, for those of you that don't know Michael Tuff. Michael, share with us. You know, maybe that one minute backstory of um, how you got into real estate and how you know, kind of fast forward to where we where we are today. Um. So yeah, uh, 2000 and early, early 2000s, uh, I was in the, in the film industry. I'd been in the film industry for 20 plus years at the time uh, as a location manager. It was normal for me to cold call, to knock on doors, uh, to be engaging in dialogue with completely unknown people all the time. Um, and um, the, the industry shifted uh, considerably in the early 2000s. Uh, and it was at that time I, I, I kind of pondered what's, what's the best transferable skill I have. Um, when I realized I didn't have any, um, I uh, thought, okay, then I could become a realtor. Um, no, no kidding. It, it just it made a lot of sense that I, it, I could transfer the skills that I had had as a location manager. Um, so I got my license in 2009. Um, sucked horribly. I was crappy at this uh, for the first two or three years. Um, I almost quit uh, several times. Um, Family reunion uh, in New Orleans was uh, in my sort of first year, and I heard somebody say that what her comment uh, in a panel discussion was: I had never sold a home in a neighborhood, and within two years I was the dominant realtor in that neighborhood. Um, and I, I honestly didn't need to hear anything else. I came back. I said to my wife, "I know we can do this." Uh, I, I met with a great mentor uh, who Jen would know real well some uh, really, really big deal kind of guy named Glenn McQueenie. Um, and mm -hmm. we pow out on what would it take to, to do this thing. Um, coincidentally, Bold was offered for the very first time in Toronto. And I went from struggling and not being able to do anything um, to all of a sudden capping within a year. Um, and so there you go. That's cool. Okay, so... Mm -hmm. My mind just went blank for a second <laughs> because I, there's so many questions I have in there. Uh, back back to that. family back to family reunion when you kind of you're you're getting that messaging from whoever that panelist was. Uh, was it something specific or just kind of that aha moment that it, it takes more than just you know hey I'm a realtor now deals come to me like obviously there was a little bit of action that you took. What was that action? Well, I mean, just her comment. I mean, it's, it, you know, from zero to dominant uh, realtor. So I came back. Uh, we put a plan together with Glenn McQueenie, took bold. Uh, in that first bold, um, I did a bold 100 door knocking uh, in the intense heat and humidity, changed my shirt three times that day. Um, it, I, 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 had, I didn't really know very many people in Aurora, so I knew the only way to, to get out there was to door knock. Um, so I very purposefully back in 2010, 2011 started uh, a very concentrated effort on, a, on one specific neighborhood. Uh, I would door knock the 2,700 houses three times, four times a year. Uh, and little by little, uh, I just started to gain traction. My uh, first listing in the neighborhood, interestingly enough, um, fired me within two weeks because I was a boob and didn't know what I was doing. And, and she was absolutely right. Um, and I swore up and down, I would never get hired again in the neighborhood. And, and, um, but little by little, um, it just started to grow. One deal became four deals, became 15 deals, became 20 deals, uh, in the neighborhood. And, and, um, we still to this day, uh, remain sort of the dominant name 
accumulatively over the last 10 years. Um, the shifting demographic in the neighborhood back in 17 uh, for sure caused a rethink uh, of that neighborhood and did get me more focused on my database. Yeah, that's interesting. So, and what I like about it is, you, you, from what I'm hearing, uh, Michael, is you kind of got laser focused in, laser focused on a specific area as opposed to the whole area of Aurora or or all of Richmond Hill or Newmarket, for instance. You, you, you got laser focused on what that messaging was. What was that messaging? Just you know, I'm Michael Tuff, and kind of let it go from there. You know. Um... It, it was a combination of a few things. Uh, There's a guy that Glenn McQueeny uh, mentioned to me, Dean Dean Jackson, I think his name is, um, and had these silly yellow postcards. Uh, curious what your home is worth. Uh, and I literally started with those, uh, and uh, it built up my database of, of never not mets. Um, gave me a group of people to stay in touch with regularly. Um, one of the, the comments that I kept hearing again and again uh, was we really appreciate that you're not selling us anything, that you're just giving us good information. And I, literally all we did was focus on uh, a quarterly report that we, we, we would door knock and hand out in the neighborhood or put in the mail um, as, a, as a combo to our door knocking. Um, when I tried to get too flashy with marketing material, um, I actually had observations from people in databases like, Michael, when did you go from being the guy who gave us information to the guy who was selling us stuff? Um, so then I migrated back uh, and then I relayered in another marketing piece again a couple of years ago. And I've gone right back again to my simple little black and white trifold. Uh, here's your house report. Uh, and it's it's the best results for us. That's, that's, that's interesting. Jen, over to you. Cause I could dominate. I got so many questions, but you, you jump in here. <laughs> yeah. And no, I'm just wondering, Michael, I'm thinking about, you know, your, your journey starting off and the challenges that you had. It's funny. I remember that, that um, New Orleans family reunion was pretty sure it was my first family reunion as well. So I remember you coming back and then the impact that had on you and your shift and how you we're practicing your business and you know i still tell that story sometimes to coaching agents which is kind of cool but um what's what advice would you give to a new agent or an agent not even a new agent an agent that just isn't doing what they want to be doing right now like other than persevere which we we know but what what practical advice would you give to say here's what makes it better or different or you know get you results well, I would say come back from your first family reunion and always be asking, where's Steve? Who's Steve? Who's Steve? <laughs> oh, remember, remember that, Jen? Yes, um, I do remember uh, that very well. <laughs> that sounds like a great story for off-camera, perhaps. Who's Steve? <laughs> it is. Oh, it is, Gary. Anyway, Fantastic. Um, you know what? It's... Um, it, Vincent Bongard, Colin Campbell, Wayne Clements, there's just so many, uh, Michael Volpe, Riley Alcorn, there's just so many in our office that demonstrate um, what it really takes. And, and it's just persistence. It's just, we're going we're gonna to fail. We're going to fail again and again and again. Uh, John Maxwell's Failing Forward is probably a book I've read five or six times and will probably continue to read because I keep going, oh my gosh, you did that again. Um, uh, just sheer persistence, Jen, believing that you can do it. Um, yeah. and, uh, just no matter how crappy the day is and the results of the day may be just knowing that if I persist, 
it'll happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I like sense, that. Go ahead, Jen. And to, sorry, just to qualify that, you also have to be practicing your skills. Um, I mean, I, I was, I literally in my first, once I got really focused and, and determined, I literally every day I would write a mock offer. Uh, every day I, or at least two or three times a week, I would write up a fake listing. I would grab a, a something off the MLS and I would do my listing agreement, my MLS data sheet. Um, I would go to my neighbors, my friends, my parents, I'd measure their houses. Um, I would pick a listing off of the off of Stratus and I would write a mock offer um, because I just knew that if I could get better at that stuff and for, and on, on my scripts, I mean, again, uh, Glenn McQueenie uh, teaches, taught, taught me way back when, um, if you really uh, know what you're doing and have some skills in your paperwork and your documents and, and in your scripts, um, then you get to just sit there and be there for your client. You're not thinking about what am I going to say next. You know what right. you're going to say. And you can just be there for them 100% and ask great questions. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to your farming and, and cultivating that and, and then maintaining it, what's your follow-up look like? So you give the report and you drop that off and that's consistent, but what else is there that you do that triggers them to hire you or call you or can stay connected with them? Well, I think a lot has been um, the the young families in the neighborhood that have just referred me. Um, mm -hmm. uh, I, I, listen, I'm not that great at staying in touch with my database on a regular basis. I'm not as not as good as 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 others that I've already named that are are very purposeful. I mean, yes, I call them. Yes, I text them. Yes, I stay in touch. Um, um, I've always joked I'm sort of the, that movie, The Accidental Tourist. Uh, it, it's I feel like I'm the accidental realtor. It it just it just I don't know, and it just seems to happen. Um, whether it's yeah. signs in the neighborhood, whether it's my marketing material, whether it's the families that are referring me to other families, um, uh, it just seems it just seems to happen. Well, so. Let's let's land on that for a second, though, Michael. For for you to be referred. By, by another, you know, a previous client or a client, if you will, or somebody that knows you, obviously you've had to do, you had to have done something to leave, leave that impression. Right. So talk, talk to us a little bit about what that service to your clients looks like. So they can't, they do refer you. Cause I know that happens in your business often. Um, I, I, to, to go back to the, the, the comment that I made just a few minutes ago, um, when you when you can truly 100% just be there for your client and listen to them and really care for them uh, and we all do that in in one form or another um, I, I, I I guess maybe our, our clients the clients that we've been privileged to work with um, the one thing they constantly say is that that we were always there for them and I, and I think every realtor is is the same and their clients would say the, say the same. We care deeply for the families that we work with, um, which most realtors do. Um, I don't know, I, I, I guess I just really try and connect with them uh, and really help them stay focused on their goal and what do they want. And you know, that Zig Ziglar line, you can have anything you want if you help enough other people get what they want. Um, so mm -hmm. I, 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 I don't know, Gary, I, I, it's not some secret sauce or magic magic potion it it um 
maybe I'm like dad. I'm the dad that they that they're, I'm just like their dad, but they can talk to me because I'm not dad. And maybe, maybe uh, that I don't know. Maybe the white hair uh, <laughs> ages their. Yeah, maybe maybe they think I'm smarter than I really am. <laughs> well, you're obviously yeah, doing funny. something right there. Yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 interesting. And and when I said off the top, I truly do mean it. Like you you often come up with uh, different. You think outside the box. And when I what I mean by that is Michael is someone that asks uh, questions that makes you think. And and I'm sure you know as as a colleague, I I know I like that. And I'm sure your call your your clients would like that too. As he's laughing because he's made me think in the past. Yeah. <laughs> You, are, are you sure as I ask questions that make people think, Gary, or is it more, my gosh, Michael speaks his mind. How the heck am I supposed to respond to that? <laughs> All the above. Now moving on, Jen. <laughs> yes. yes, that's so cute. Um, I think one of the things that I would love to know is if you are going to reset and do things, start from scratch again and do things anew, what would you do differently? Um, I'm sure there was a smarter, easier, gentler way to, to achieve the same result. Um, I, 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 I probably would have, no, I, I, I definitely would have been more consistent, uh, in my pursuit of, of leads in the neighborhood. Um, I probably would have, uh, and should have, uh, rolled out things that, like Kirby does with his community garage sale. Um, I think, uh. I mean, I always went above and beyond, in my opinion, um, to make sure that the school councils in our neighborhood were always well supported. Uh, and I was always present and always donating a prize to their big event every year. Um, so, you know, years ago I coached soccer and, and some, one of the parents, you know, you, you cared for my kid. So, of course, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work with you as a realtor because you were there for my child. And I always believe that same philosophy when, when it comes to supporting the schools in a farm neighborhood as an example. Um, so maybe I would have done more of that, Jen, um, mm -hmm. perhaps more, uh, community involvement with some of the local businesses and, and just different ideas and things that we could, we could co-venture together. Um, last year in March, we started door knocking for our community garage sale, which was going to be the first one we ever did last May. Uh, and of course we started to get weird looks uh, when we were standing at the door around the 12th or 13th or 14th of May. Um, mm -hmm. So we backed off that. I'd, I'd love to do, be able to layer that back in again. I think that will be a lot of fun. Um, so more, more community events, uh, more being involved right. in the neighborhood uh, in a, I'm not a, I'm not a flashy guy. I, I'm, I don't, my, my social media is not about sold over asking or, Look at what I did in the community. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Um, it's just that's not how I choose to be and engage. Um, mm -hmm. So maybe if I did more of that, I don't know. I don't know. Well, what what I heard there, Michael, was you you were you were able to have a foundation of your business built on some of those grassroots type initiatives, like like coaching and being involved in the local schools and and things like that. And I think. Uh, you know, a lot of people take that stuff for granted. It just happens. Somebody else does it. Why not be that somebody else like you've been over the last number of years, right? Like, I, I think that's where true relationships, you know, get to be fostered. Right. 
Very good. Well, in in developing relationships with people in the neighborhood, of course, you always get the calls every year. Can you sponsor this? Can you sponsor that? Which I gladly do. Um, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's you sponsor one kid's team and, and all of a sudden there's three real estate deals that occur. Did I do it for the real estate deals or did I did it to be helpful to a family? Um, the serendipity of doing the right thing often enough uh, is that the right thing comes back your way. Um, so that sounds like an awesome spot to end because I don't think anyone's ever said the word serendipity on this show before. So that's a, that's a win. <laughs> well, the serendipity of this conversation is that now you've a- now asked me to leave. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> there we go. Okay. Before you do leave, Michael, uh, if people do want to get a hold of you, how does that happen? What do they need to do? Where do they need to call? Where do they need to visit? <laughs> um, email Amber at admin at michaeltuff.ca. No, um, I'm kidding. Um, they can reach out to me on my cell. They can reach out to me by email. I'm happy to. I'm happy to chat. Just know one thing. And and there, I remember an agent in the office years ago uh, would come. He came to me and talked to me about advice for farming. Um, and we had a conversation and. I said, now, great, go go do it and, and then come back and let me know. About six months later, he came back and he was asking me the same questions again. And I said, well, did you do what we did last time? And he said, no, I didn't. I said, well, then we don't have anything to talk about today. Um, mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. if, if you are going to reach out and ask for help um, and we give you advice and encouragement and support, go do it and then come back and, and allow us to help you steer the driving car, not the parked car, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You you just Sorry. spoke right to Jen's heart. That's what she says to our coaching clients every day. So you nailed it. <laughs> you nailed yeah, it. I probably don't say it as well as Mike says it. I should. I gotta work on that. But I love you say it you say it way better than I do. Trust me. <laughs> Trust me. Now we've got it recorded. Just what do what Michael yeah. just said here. Yeah. Awesome, Michael. Yeah. Well, I do appreciate our friendship and your time uh, with us this afternoon and, and how much you do give back to uh, us as realtors and to the brokers. Thank you. And we wish you uh, continued success in 2021. Thanks for being here, my friend. Thank you, Gary. Thank you, Jennifer. Have a great day. Bye, Bye for Michael. now. Michael Tough, everybody. <laughs> you never know what he's going to quite say. He's always got something, something to make he's you so laugh funny. with. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. know. I love talking to him. He cracks me up. Yeah. And, and a fantastic <laughs> guy to travel with for sure. We've done many mm-hmm. family reunions and, and uh, all the other type of stuff that we get to go on together. Great guy to yeah. travel with. He knows how to have a good time. And, and as you can tell, like when we go to these big conventions, yes, it's to get to know each other better and have fun. But as, as Michael just pointed out, it's to bring back those golden nuggets. That, that one golden mm-hmm. nugget changed his life, his, his family's life and many of those around him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that very well. It was, it was a huge pivot pivot point for him in his business and in the results that he got um, just from him changing his approach slightly for, you know, from what he was doing to just something slightly different. It was very, very effective. And it's also funny because it's just a testament to how fun those trips are that I think that was in 2008 or nine. And that where Steve joke is still like, I still laugh every time. I'll tell you about it after, but um, it's, it's pretty funny. But the fact that he remembers it too, it just goes to show you how connected you get when you're on those trips together. Right. Yeah. Awesome. 
Awesome. Very good. Well, as always, Jen and I have some topics to roll through today. And uh, these, these again, come from, um, you know, just our daily workings or, or perhaps are coming out of from some of Jen's conversations within our coaching clients or what we're seeing within the brokerage and just different things that are out there. And, and Jen and I often say, if we don't have these types of conversations in an open forum like this, um, then not to say where are you going to learn, but this is just one of those avenues that you get to learn from. Or, or I think, Jen, I think we could probably say it just as easily. We've learned a lot from each other, too, just having these conversations. We're like, Absolutely. Yeah, I, I forgot about that. Yeah, Just whatever yeah, it is, right? Yeah. How would you answer that? What yeah. would you say oh, that, that? Well, that, it's yeah. funny because yeah. in the pre-show, so I will say this, in the pre-show, uh, we often will ask each other the question because perhaps we don't have... We, we're not sure even where we stand on it. And then when Jen or I share our opinions with each other, I'm like, yes, of course that makes sense. So it's it mm-hmm. it's not only working for you guys, but it's, it's helping us sharpen <laughs> our swords as well. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome stuff. Okay, so our first one, we're going to talk about agent referrals, Jen, and uh, mm-hmm. we'll dive into that. Agent referral. So this is coming from the perspective of, and I get it, you you ask questions when you don't know the answer. That, of course, that's why we ask questions. And we see it time and time and time and time again, Jen, that agents are almost doing the shotgun approach and asking for agent referrals uh, from people that perhaps they don't know who they are and they're not spending the time to learn about the agent that they're going to refer their client to. And I'd love to kind of yeah. get some insight here, Jen, on not there's, there's a right or wrong way, but, you know, maybe best practices or, or things we can do with that. So if, if you had an yeah. agent referral or uh, a client you were trying to refer to an area that you didn't know, what would, what would be the first thing you do? Yeah, um, I might do two things right off the bat. One would be Google. Um, just to see what pops up and if there's a Keller Williams in the area and what that looks like. And then the other thing would be to ask people that I trust. So, you know, yeah. reaching out to the brokerage specifically asking you, Gary, or the WhatsApp cap group or the Facebook group to say, does anyone know somebody in this area? Because I'm going to assume if it comes from a source that I trust and know that it's going to be a better option, might not be the one I go with, but it's certainly going to be where I'm starting. Um, and then, you know, I guess that would be the answer to that question. That's what I would do first. I would Google, look and see if there's a KW. And then I would ask people that I know and trust and see who's used somebody in that area before. Yeah, absolutely. Ask the people you trust first, because that's Mm going to be a lot of, you know, obviously you still want to verify, uh, that agent and making sure that they're going to align with you and your client, but you get to skip a bunch of steps by asking uh, for, for, you know, your trusted resource first. So there, I can think of a, a case where um, a local agent here in Stovall was looking for somebody down in Hamilton and they didn't know of anybody. And I just quickly jumped on to private message. I sent her the contact and who I thought they should work with based on what they were looking for. And here was the mm-hmm. response, Jen, right to your point. And this is what I, I wasn't looking for this response. And it was something, I'm going to paraphrase it. Gary, if it's from you, I trust you and I'm sending them my referral. Mm-hmm. That's how powerful, <laughs> powerful a trusted resource can be for you and your team, right? Yeah. And and it yeah, just absolutely. saves you so much work and effort if you're the one looking. And and yeah. 
and yeah, there will be times when maybe your colleagues or your trusted resources don't know that agent in wherever, Tucky Up Duck, something, you know, around the <laughs> wherever yeah. it is, right? Wherever, but, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ask, 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 you know, your your trusted your your trusted group or your circle of influence first, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like make it easier on yourself. It's, it's like everything else we refer. We, we tell people about the great restaurants we like. We tell people about the great deal at the store. We, you know, we talk about things that we have experienced that have been positive. Um, so when you ask for referrals and, and someone says, use this person, they're amazing. And that comes from like you, Gary, or from, you know, Marvin or Andrew Bolton or Wayne or whoever, of course, I'm going to just be like, awesome. I already feel good about that referral because I, I trust you guys still going to do the extra research i'm going to talk to that agent i'm going to call like make sure that you know ask them what service they provide right how much experience they have like i'm going to ask my own questions and i'm going to make sure my client likes that agent more importantly and set up a zoom call or something like that to get them engaged and make sure it's a fit before i move ahead like I'm, you know i'm not just sending a referral sheet the next day but uh, at least I know going into it that it's most likely going to be a fit. And I'm pretty confident that it's just, we're just going through the motions to verify it, right? Versus trying to go in and worry that it's not going to work out or be stressed about who is this person that I'm going to be talking to. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I know we've talked about this in past shows, uh, be right up and out front that you as the referring agent are going to expect and you're going to take a, a referral fee. You know, if I'm talking mm-hmm. to other agents, I want to make sure that's upfront taken care of. So there's, you know, there's no, um, I uh, can't think of the phrase that I'm looking for uncertainty uh, around that. Just be yeah. right up upfront. It's part of our business and, and people are happily paying them and, and will, and also offering them. So uh, make sure, make yeah. sure, make that a part of the conversation. And, and the other thing too, Jenna, and, and this often gets overlooked, especially from my background too, as buying in, investment properties and working with clients from that perspective is uh, I see it time and time again, where agents are referring clients out to other agents, obviously that's what we're talking about here, but that other agent doesn't have that same level of experience, if any, when buying mm-hmm. investment properties or buying that type of property right. your client wants to buy. So make sure uh, you are having that deep discussion and and understanding that because that that's your client, you know, that referral partner is an extension of your service, right? An extension, extension yeah. of your reputation. So make sure it yeah. aligns with with uh, what you expect as well. Yeah, that's a great point. That's huge, right? Imagine if you referred your clients and they wanted to buy a waterfront property and they, you send them an agent that has never done waterfront and doesn't know what's required, they're going to know, right? Because you can tell by the way agents handle the situations or the questions they ask, they're going to know that that agent is an experience and they're going to look and go like, what the heck, Gary? <laughs> Why'd you send me to this guy, right? Like what's going on? So that's where the qualifying part obviously comes more into play. And then consider the fact that if you're noticing that you're doing a lot of referrals to a specific area, if you're sending a lot of people to Niagara or Hamilton or you know cottage country, start looking at building that agent referral relationship. So you have that one agent, maybe the split's a little bit more lucrative on one side or the other, but every deal is going to that person. Um, and you're on the same page, you have the same standards and, you know, you can, you can get the benefit of telling them what you expect and how you expect them to handle that deal and then help them reciprocate whatever they need to send your way works the same way back. Right. Yeah, um, absolutely. Cause I think, and, yeah, I think as, as our borders are expanding, we're having that happen more and more. Right. 
Yeah, for sure. And we can dive into this even a little bit deeper too. Uh, at KW, we have yeah. a system called Command, and we can send referrals out to that specific agent through Command. Why that's so powerful is in all of North America, uh, what KW is doing for us is tracking um, um, referral patterns. So where referrals oh, okay. being sent to the most or where people moving, if people are moving from Toronto to the, the Niagara region, and that's one of the bigger movements uh, that maybe that becomes part of your marketing too. So if you're a local agent mm-hmm. in Toronto and you see people are moving to the Niagara region, maybe that becomes part of your marketing campaign. So you can see all those referral patterns right within commands. And even for, yeah. for you know, as our, speaking of borders, as our borders start to open up, we're going to start to see people, you know, are fly back down south. So there's going to be a lot of other yeah. opportunities there. So utilize what we have at our fingertips within KW Command for sure. Yeah, I love that. And use it for your marketing too. We're trying to get in front of new clients, right? Run some ads around looking to looking to move out of the city, want to move to Niagara, want to move to Florida, to Arizona, to wherever, right? Like look at where those patterns are, where is it happening the most? And then brand and market around that and create a solution. Your one-stop shop for transitioning from the city, from this Toronto to Niagara or whatever that needs to look like. Obviously, talk to somebody who's better at marketing and <laughs> get get some better language around that, but that's the idea, right? Use it, use it to our advantage as best we can. That's what data does for us, right? It tells us stories that allow us to understand things better. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we, we're in, we're geographically located in an area where we have a lot of agents working that Toronto market, but we also have a lot of agents working the Northern market. And when I mean Northern, I mean Mm -hmm. uh, North and new market. So into the Innisfil areas, uh, Barrie, Aurelia, out into cottage country as well, because where we're geographically located, or even if you're part of, you know, some of our big teams like Terry Hastings team that, you know, that becomes a destination, right. And, and utilize some of that information that we have. Yeah, absolutely. Good stuff. Okay, moving on to the next one. We're going we're to talk about agent etiquette. This is always a good one. Mm-hmm. Okay, Jen sent me this, agent etiquette. What do we do uh, with agents or, or showing parties that, A, don't show up and don't give you the heads up? What do we do with that? How do we handle it? And what what's... What, what are we responsible for as showing agents and listing agents too, Jen? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is coming up um, a bit more. I've noticed recently, I guess, I don't know what, what the market um, being where it's at or whatever is going on, but it's becoming a bit more of a challenge. And of course, you know, the first answer and the, the more surface level is that as agents, we're required to notify if we're not going to be making it to an appointment by either canceling or letting the listing agent know, and you can complain, you could file a complaint against that agent if they just don't show up and don't cancel and don't follow the proper protocol. So that is kind of the, I guess, the Rico answer of it all. Um, But when it comes to, you know, how we approach it in, in our own business, you know, it's not always the best use of our time either. Not that I'm saying don't do it. However, um, you know, we got to look at what that means for us. And, a big part of it, you know, is making sure you're you're setting the expectation with your clients that that does happen, unfortunately, from time to time. Um, making sure they're aware that it's not reflective of you, that it's unfortunately reflective of other agents in the industry. And then um, also calling those agents and just saying to them, like, personally, I just like, you know, what, what the heck, right? Like, 
my clients left the house. In some cases, they're older or they have kids or it's a weekend, it's the holidays and you're putting them, you're, you're putting them out of place. You're making them change their schedules and move around. And of course we want to sell the house, but there's a little bit of respect involved in this conversation. And I appreciate that you got delayed or your clients changed their mind, but you could have at least sent a text message, right? Even if it wasn't through the office, you could have let me know. So I could have informed my clients and, you know, um, it's, it's a tough one because different people have different perceptions of what our etiquette should be. And sometimes they think it's not a big deal. And those conversations go well sometimes and poorly other times. Um, I certainly wouldn't let somebody, um, I don't want to say get away with it, but I certainly would feel it necessary to have a conversation with that agent um, if, they, if they did that and make sure that they understood why it was, you know, not cool or bad etiquette or you know irresponsible for whatever language that you want to use and then you know we get into deeper situations what if it's a tenanted property where you're having an issue with the tenant and you're already struggling and then this stuff happens we've all had that happen right we've all experienced that at some point or another and that can really make things difficult for you so in scenarios like that where it is tenanted i, I probably would give that agent a harder time at least that would be that would be my response gary i don't know if how would you handle it what would you do yeah, and I think if people that are un, not unclear but are uncertain how to proceed with that, if you're the showing age, sorry, you're the listing agent and the showing agent never showed or the party never showed, uh, the best way to, to approach it, in my opinion, is to come from curiosity first because that might diffuse mm -hmm. any, any pre-notions that you might have because we all write our own story, right? So maybe come from curiosity first off and then, you know, share with them, you know, this – this put put my tenants out it put our clients out and and make sure that they understand that because we're all here to raise the bar not to lower the bar right raise the bar mm -hmm. of our professionalism and that's that's one way to do it at a very non-confrontational way perhaps um yeah and and then yeah if you're if you're the showing agent you're you know you're the buyer's agent in this regard life happens we all get it i've had it where you know a half hour before or i'm running late and i feel sick that i can't get there on time and you're trying to find the phone number do everything you possibly can even if it's five minutes or at the showing time at least you're communicating right yeah and and um that that trust me that goes a tremendous way i can tell you only once in my realtor lifetime have i ever missed a showing and i was the guy that completely missed it. Like I forgot the sh about the showing. I actually booked <laughs> it on the wrong day and you should, I, I, I felt <laughs> terrible. I actually, I think I bought, bought the clients or the seller clients. So I sent them like a $10 Tim Hortons card. I know it wasn't much, but just to, you know, apologize and, and everything like, yeah, yeah. I, and what, and I, how I did that was I actually asked the listing agent if I could do it and, and, and do it through them because in no shape where no way, shape or form do we ever want to appear that we're infringing on their clients. So obviously get permission yeah. before you do something like that. But, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's a big, it's a big thing. Certainly is a big thing. Yeah. And I think, I think a part of it too, if you are on the buying agent side, if it is you that misses the appointment for whatever reason, you take responsibility for it. Even if it's an hour later or two hours later, call that listing agent and offer an apology. Right. Because we're not doing it on purpose. We're not. I would assume I would hope we're not booking appointments and then just not showing up because the client changes their mind. And if you're cancel the appointment, just 
you know, it takes two seconds to go on broker bay or showing time and, and cancel something. So don't be that agent, right? Nobody wants to be that agent. But if it is an innocent thing that it just happens and you realize it later or you miss the time slot or whatever that is, just engage anyway. I know as a listing agent, I always appreciate that. Always come from understanding. I can always pass that message along to my clients. It makes my clients feel better. Um, so I think there's a lot of positives to that. The gift card is a really nice touch, Gary. I think that's really sweet. Um, and, you know, really thoughtful. And I'm sure that that made them feel a lot better. And I remember having listings where my clients didn't really have anywhere to go. So they would go sit in their car across the street from their house. Um, and this was a listing where for some reason it happened two or three times. The agent just didn't show up. And by the second or third one, my clients were livid, right? Like yeah. they were just really upset. And of course they were. So trying to navigate that, maintain the client in their reaction and kind of make sure that, you know, you're making it calmer for them. And then also trying to have these conversations with these agents, some of whom didn't seem to think it was a big deal that this had happened, right? You're just, you're trying to manage both and navigate that middle ground. Um, and that can be really, really difficult. So just making it easier and remembering where every time we show a house, those sellers have to not be home, right? Or they're home in some cases, but the ones who are leaving, they have to go somewhere. And we don't have a lot of places to go during COVID, right? So be considerate of that. Take that yeah. into take that into account. And if you know you need a bigger window of time, then book a bigger window of time. It's easier to do that now. We don't have these 15 minute time slots anymore. So, you know, we are, it is easier to say, hey, I need an hour, right? Because I'm in between showings and I don't exactly know my timeline. That's why we do that, right? Yeah, no, that's a good point. And, and mm -hmm. as much as um, this sounds silly to say, uh, it needs to be said because we're starting to see it uh, time and time again from a showing perspective. Can, can a buyer's agent just give the lockbox combo to his, to his buyer clients to go through the, by themselves? No <laughs> way. I don't ever want to hear anyone of ever doing that. Um, mm -hmm. You as you are the licensed realtor, you need to be uh for lack of a better term, chaperoning your clients through that property. They cannot be there without you. Make sure you are there. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. I'd buy a revisits, all of it. You have yep. to be there. Inspections. I mean, that, that client cannot go to that property without an agent present. That's a Rico thing, right? That's yeah. a rule. So never, I, I would, I would hate to hear somebody was doing that. That's, I, I mean, I've had it happen on my own listings. I know that that's occurred in the past, but um, you know, you deal with it and that's fine. But from our brokerage specifically, I would, I would think that we would know better than that. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Good mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. Very good. Okay. Moving on, Jen. The last one, we're going to talk about leases. Lease parameters. Okay. So this was a good one. This Jen, this came up, uh, I think yesterday on, on one of the Facebook forums. And the, the simple question was, can, can a lease get very specific of what the tenants can, can use and can't use? Like, can, can they use the backyard or is that just open to everybody? And I know we've all seen it in different cases where there's, you know, an upstairs tenant or a downstairs tenant, or there's multiple facets or common areas to the property. And, um, Quite frankly, whatever's written within that lease and whatever you, as the landlord, you give them access mm -hmm. to, that's what they have access to. So I've seen it and I have it on my own properties too in the past where uh, the, the basement tenant, if you will, in this case, 
does not have access to the yard backyard. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and people will be, well, isn't that for everybody? No, whatever's written in within that lease and what they're renting, that becomes very specific. And that's, you know, that's a perk and why you can charge more for one unit and not the other as well. Yeah, uh, there, I can talk about many know. things there. Yeah. But you, you chime in here a little bit, Jen, like that it's, it's very specific. And I would say as a landlord or a property owner, be specific. Because otherwise, yeah. <laughs> otherwise, they, you don't have a leg to stand on. So be very specific within mm-hmm. your your rental agreements for sure. Yeah, you just took the words right out of my Sorry. mouth. That was going to be my addition. <laughs> no, it's good. I was going to say the key to it is on the on the landlord side. Be so clear with your contracts. Right, this is who has the access to what unit, who has the access to the backyard, who has access to parking, who's responsible for grass cutting for you know, salting the driveways for clearing the steps. If it's the landlord, if it's one of the tenants, um, if there's a company coming in and doing it, like lay all of that out with clarity in your contracts. And then, yeah, you can, you can have it say and be whatever you as a landlord feel you want it to be. So if you, if you're a self user, you live on the main floor and you want to use the backyard and, you know, have that as your social space and barbecue, you don't want your tenants who are downstairs or upstairs coming in and out through that space, you can write that into your contract that they don't have access to that space. Right. Um, and, you know, I think one of the, one of the elements to the conversation we had yesterday was that there was a basement walkout. Right. And that was part of the conversation. If there's a walkout, can you say that the tenant can't use that backyard? Yes. You can still say that. Absolutely. But put it in the contract and be clear about it. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, as long as you're following the rules of the of the Landlord Tenant Act and all of that, you you're fine, right? You can you can stipulate whatever you want for sure. Yeah, yeah, and mm-hmm. even take that a step further. So, as a business owner, as a property owner, our our objective is to increase revenue, right? And mm-hmm. and and how can we do that? Well, there's different ways to do that too. Just because the property uh, has a garage, for instance, and there's two tenants. Don't assume as the landlord here, I'm going to make you think outside the box. Don't assume that just goes to the main floor tenants. Right. Right. So what, what we coach people to do is, you know, rent the main floor for X, rent the basement for X, rent the garage for X as well. Because yeah. trust me, nobody wants to go without a garage. They will pay. They will pay for that. And in, and in some cases, you can divvy that up maybe into two. You know, obviously, if it's a two car garage, uh, maybe you can maybe you can create two income streams there. Uh, same thing right. with sheds. Uh, maybe there's not a shed for the basement tenant, and they really want one. Go invest in one. You can buy a shed for less than a thousand bucks. And maybe it rents mm. for another $50 a month. It, that would not take too long of a I time never, to pay for itself. I never, I never thought about a shed. That's interesting. Yeah. 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 I guess you could, you could get really creative with that for sure. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Less like um, in, 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 in <clears throat> basically less than two years, it would have paid for itself. Right. If it's $50 yeah. a month and people want storage. What's the one thing when you move into a basement apartment, what's the one thing you don't get? <laughs> Oh, storage, yeah. storage, there's, right? There's nothing down there. Yeah. 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 Yeah, absolutely. And, and same goes for laundry, right? You could, uh, you could put in coin operated laundry. You could have, um, a shared laundry for all the units. You could have ensuite in one unit and then shared in the other units. Just make sure that it's outlined clearly and, and properly. And laundry is a great, um, additional cash revenue source, right? For landlords. If you're looking at it from that perspective, you can get the coin machines and they're pretty lucrative. For sure. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. So I think, you know, I think it's the, the bigger thing is just understanding that as a landlord, you can set the parameters however you want, as long as they're within the law. And I, I say, other than that, it's up to you what you do and how you structure it. So the more, the more ways you can make more return and create more income streams, the better, right? The smarter you're being with that property, really. Absolutely. Highest and best use is what we always talk about. Right. And uh, this yeah. just gave me another idea for, you know, maybe a show down the road is, you know, different income streams we could add to properties. We talked about many here, but uh, there, there's a lot yeah. and you'd be surprised of just your typical um, two unit type home on diff the different income streams that you can create out of that. Because at the end of the day, we're trying to increase our revenue and increase so here's, here's your little tidbit of the day. Every time you increase the revenue, the value of the property goes up, not only with the right. appreciation, but the value of the property goes up based on the revenue as well. So, so we can, we can talk about that at a more in depth because, uh, that's what a lot of people will overlook as well. That, that there is yeah. there's true value to that for sure. I think we should, we should make a note of that. So we don't forget Gary, one of our future episodes, we'll cover, we'll cover that conversation. Cause I mean, you're so much more well-versed in that world than I am. I know, I know the basics. I think you're a much, much higher level of understanding. So you'd have to take the lead on it, but I would love to like sit in and learn. <laughs> That's good. Maybe you interview me on something like that. Who knows? There we go. I'm not the, I'm yeah, not the well, absolute you... expert. There's always somebody that knows more, but I've had enough of the experience to know, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm happy to share all my mistakes because there's been lots of those, but I love it. Also, I love also it. Been good stuff. Yeah. Maybe one week, one week when we don't have a, a guest speaker, we'll just interview you instead. I love it. <laughs> very good. Very good. So, yeah. uh, yeah, that was all about leases. Uh, lots of stuff today. I do reach out to Michael tough. He's always full of great ideas. And like I said, mm -hmm. things outside the box. So maybe you're stuck in some of your marketing and you want to, you want a different um, opinion, not opinion, but a different view on it. Uh, Michael's good at that kind of thing for sure. Absolutely. For yeah. sure. Yeah, absolutely. And he's been doing it. He's, he's, he's hit the ground, right? He's got the experience. He's put in the work. He's, he's had the hurdles. He's had the setbacks like he, and he speaks openly about it. He would be a great person to, you know, talk to about how he got through that stuff, what he did. And he's relatively humble. And I think he was being a little humble on our, our call today. Um, However, I think one-on-one, -on -one, you know, you get some really good nuggets. So I definitely would say connect with him if you can and, and just pick his brain for sure. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So we got some cool things happening, especially tomorrow. So if you're watching this now or before 12 o'clock on May 26, uh, tune into <laughs> our, our team meeting. We've got a lot of stuff lined up. Jen's taking part in that, of course. And, mm -hmm. um, you are, you might be hearing it here first. So here's what we're doing tomorrow for the listeners that are on with us right now. We are Marv, Marv gave me an idea and he's like, Garrett, I think you're going to like it, but I'm not going to like it. It was one of those. And, <laughs> and Jen, what we're doing is uh, we, Marvin's going to be taking objections and handling, handling them live. And so if you've got, if you've had a seller objection that you didn't quite know how to answer or a buyer objection, uh, tomorrow yeah. would be a good time to try it out on Marv and, uh, he'll, he'll let us know how he would handle that. And, uh, then we'll kind of break it down on why it was said, how it was said and things like that. It's going to be a lot of fun tomorrow at our team meeting. For I sure. love it. Yeah, that's awesome. That's like, that's just huge, um, you know, huge exposure to someone who's just so skilled at that sort of thing. Right. So it, 
if you have questions or you're having trouble with objections or you know you just want to test Marv because that's that's another thing like you can just have fun with don't tell him I said that no I won't I <laughs> you know, won't. not that it's not that it's live or public or anything but um you know if you want that opportunity there's a good chance more to have a bit of fun with that too and and also to hear some great objection handlers and and see what he does and how he does it. I love that you guys are breaking it down because we don't we don't always get to do that when we do the script ops and things like that where you hear the scripts we don't talk about why they said a certain thing or or the purpose behind it or and so this will give a lot of insight into understanding it more so you can apply it better. yeah no that it, it, that's exactly it and and a couple of weeks ago when we were kind of testing it out i i i tried to stump him <laughs> yeah. i did my best and and uh not to say he had an answer for everything but he was able to walk through confidently and that's what we as realtors need to be able to do right uh, walk through yeah. and, and understand the objection uh, from a confidence perspective. And that's exactly what we're going to learn tomorrow. So I'm pretty excited about that. Awesome. Yeah, it's going to be that. great. I hope that I hope everybody's there. Um, Cause I think that's going to be just, that's just going to be great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's really good. And then of course we're yeah. having uh, your husband, Dylan Silbernagel and Mike Russo. Come on. They got a huge announcement that they're launching yeah. uh, tomorrow, which we are all really, really excited about. It's something that's going to be uh, our agents are going to be able to utilize within our brokerage at a very yeah. high level. So really excited about that. So uh, yeah. tomorrow that's at noon as our May team meeting, tune into that. And um, if you don't have the link, it, it was sent out to you an email. It's on our private Facebook group or if you're outside of our brokerage our team meetings are open to to agents outside of our brokerage so reach out to jen reach out to myself and we'd, we'd love to have that um send you the invite for that for sure so that's yeah, it yeah absolutely yeah. and i just have to say um we we roll out a lot of stuff at our team meetings right we're always doing something adding something or launching something announcing something but the the announcement tomorrow is i think one of my favorite things that we've done so far so i'm so excited for everybody to hear about it. Cause I think it's going to be huge for a lot of agents to be able to take advantage of it. Yeah. I think I've been with KW for eight and a half years, almost nine years. I don't think I'd be at a line saying it's been about eight years in the works. It's yeah. just finally yeah, would, coming together. So. Yeah. 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 It's awesome. It's, it's going to be big. I love it. Cool, cool, cool. Very good, Jen. Well, that that wraps up another show for KWRC TV. And I always fail to mention this. We are, of course, on Facebook and and uh, you can always catch the replay on YouTube. And of course, we're on your favorite podcast player of choice. So for Michael Tuff, that's Jen Silbernagel. I'm Gary McGowan. We'll see everybody on the next show. Bye for now. Bye, guys.